Hello and welcome to this episode of Super Chats. I am Jorge Redondo, Superintendent of the Far San Juan Alamo ISD, and I'm here today with our Chief Academics Officer, Dr. Rudy Trevino, who has been spearheading and helping our team prepare to continue to provide a quality education for our students for this upcoming 2020-21 school year. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Trevino. Thank you, Dr. Redondo. Dr. Trevino, can you tell us about the efforts behind uh, that we've been planning curriculum and instruction for 2020 school year? Uh, sure. Um, you know, let me begin by saying uh, it's been an honor to be able to work with some of our amazing principals and, and curriculum writers, our executive officers, all of our executive leaders that have been able to uh, lead us into uh, being able to plan this. Um, secondly, we, we've gone out to the community and asked for feedback for input from them. Uh, we've given three options to be able to seek some of their advice as to what they feel most comfortable with. And uh, from that, we've been able to uh, begin our, our real planning process as to how we're going to open up the school year uh, in the 2020-21 school year. I think that's great that we've been uh, bringing in all our important stakeholders, our principals, our parents, getting their input and uh, really uh, making sure that we utilize our teachers and everyone that's been part of the PSJ family. It is just a, it's been a great honor uh, that, that we have been collaborating in this effort. As we know, the better we can collaborate, the more uh, beneficial our efforts will be to our students. Uh, what are some efforts? I know today we, we've had a really good uh, presentation from our team. Uh, what are some e efforts that our team is closely taking into consideration as our plans are being developed that you want to share with uh, with our families? Well, before I get to, into any details of the, the efforts, let me just describe the context. Oftentimes, we look at what's going to happen in the, in the fall, right? And we want to compare it with what happened towards the end of the, of the spring semester. And, and, you know, we have to define that. We were living in a time of crisis, of reaction, and we had to quickly, as you have said before, quickly pivot into a new normal, a new way of doing business. Um, and there's several components to that. The first component would be, you know, we had spent six to eight months developing relationships. We have spent six to eight months developing what we call classroom routines, day-to-day uh, -day activities, how kids pick up um, their, their books, where they go, what they do. We also had in-depth relationships. We got to know um, individual students. We, get, we were, were able to understand the differentiated instruction that's needed for students. The challenge was we had to quickly turn around and deal with these, um, you know, extremely difficult times. And the degree of difficulty was there to where it didn't lend itself for us to be um, as prepared as we wanted to be. Then we look at the second phase, which we, I, I, when I speak with the executive officers, I talk about the second phase. It's the second learning opportunity we had, which was summer school planning, right? At that time, we had uh, three, four weeks to be able to plan for summer school. And we had a better product in summer school. We had, granted, it was less number of students, but we, we were able to go into some depth of activities, of schedules, of being able to schedule students into different classes, you know, sort of create a, 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 a planning process that allows students to go from point A to point B, digitally, of course, but be able to allow those opportunities. And now we have about a month and a half of proper planning going into the fall semester. And some folks will be working during the, the, the break to prepare uh, particular lesson plans and activities to be able to support our students 
So what, what that looks like, it's really, if you take a day-to-day's uh, instructional day and you look at a schedule, we've created a variation of both the traditional model, one would say the traditional model, which is the bout schedule, and be able to stay within the numbers that we, the number of minutes we need that are required by TA for us to provide the different instructional needs for our students. And then we're also adding uh, different electives, which was, may, may not have been the case initially because we are in reactionary mode. Uh, elective classes at the high school level, uh, additional support systems and ancillary classes at the elementary level and our middle school levels uh, are also functioning within a concrete schedule that allows students some time, allows students even a break, students and, and staff a break on a digital platform and it lends itself to a more robust dynamics uh, uh, way of working digitally. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's, it's definitely good to hear the, the process that we have taken on and, and making sure that we continue to develop uh, a second to none uh, quality education experience for our students. One of the things that uh, I'm sure you have as a parent and, and myself as a parent here all the time or are concerned about is the safety of our students. Can you talk a little bit about the measures that we are taking to ensure the safety of our students uh, for those that may choose option one to come to our campuses? Well, we haven't quite, um, we haven't quite finished our surveying process, but preliminary data shows us anywhere between 60 to 65% of our, of our families are selecting to go digital. Uh, and that's interesting. Uh, based on the challenges that we're having with COVID-19 and all, uh, parents are still saying, hey, I want to stay in some sort of virtual classroom, virtual platform. Then you have a smaller number of families that are selecting option one, which is try to be as close as we can to the traditional way of doing business of kids walking into a, uh, a school, teachers reporting to work at a, at a campus site, uh, employees reporting to work. And then the hybrid model is, is, is the, 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 the second selected uh, option. Uh, where we have a variation of some people reporting to, to the buildings and the majority of the people working remotely. Um, but to your question, it's interesting to watch how we all deal with, with stress and we all deal with fear differently. Some of our families are selecting the more safer uh, approach, which is uh, for us to provide a virtual uh, learning experience for them, a digital learning platform. Uh, and some of our parents may, may need us to help them with, with their their child care with their uh, their child reporting to to a school so it's an interesting balancing act for us but the safety of our students is our our number one priority and we want to be able to support our families with both options if there is a need for us to help them and and having their their child report to a school and be able to support that and we have staff report to certain campuses then we'll, we'll serve them in that way if the greater need is the 65% of the, of the respondents in our surveying process are saying they want a more dynamic uh, digital platform, they want to stay at home and they want us to support them with the resources to stay at home, and then we have to be able to provide that for our, for our, our, our families, obviously. Absolutely. We know uh, the, all the health advisors out there right now are saying that the, the best advice they're giving us right now is to try to keep individuals in, at home. And so we definitely wanna make sure that we offer uh, that experience that is just as good as if they were in person. But for those that may choose uh, or may not have a choice and may need to uh, uh, 
give us uh, their child uh, during, so that we can ensure that they're being supervised so we can ensure that they continue with instruction because they may not have that ability to be supervised at home. What are some safety measures that uh, you and uh, the uh, Department of Operations and the health office have been working on so that when students enter the building, uh, the precautions that were, and the safety procedures were gonna be taking place? Well, I'm glad you, you, you're mentioning that or asking that because part of our role is to be the lead educators in the safety measures, right? Oftentimes we forget that we are an educational institution and we have to inform everyone on perhaps the most important uh, topic right now, which is safety measures. Uh, the first part would be to completely and have a, a very concerted effort to continue to educate everyone about how to be safe, how to, how to maintain proper safety procedures. We would follow all the guidelines. We would obviously go above and beyond to provide a safe environment, uh, but it's not just about doing the things that uh, the guidelines are mandating or require, requiring or encouraging us to do, but it's taking it up a level to educate students and to really and truly impact families as to how to, to practice safety procedures. So our, our operations department is doing a great job at preparing our buildings. Our staff are doing a phenomenal job at, at, at making sure that they, they stay safe themselves and they model that, that those safety uh, procedures. And then obviously the next layer will be to fully educate our students and our, and our families that may choose to come into the building uh, on the, uh, the precautionary measures that we all need to take. Um, again, I want to reiterate the fact that we all need to take on the role of educating our communities on the best safety measures that need to be taken. And, and oftentimes we only associate it to the wearing of the mask, to the washing your hands, but there's some psychological and sociological aspects to this also. It's how do you not let these things stress you out? How do you not let these things, you know, um, drain your energy because you're so worried about the meeting the guidelines that you're not um, focusing on on educational uh, prosperity on on making sure that our students are are growing academically. Dr. Trevino, you mentioned some very good points here. As a member of the PSJ family, it it is just it gives me a sense of pride when I get to hear others on the team continue to echo what what I have been championing, which is we want to go beyond the minimum standards uh, that are out there. We want to go beyond the minimum level of what is expected of getting a quality education. And ultimately, we want, to, we want to go beyond because we know our students deserve it and we know our students can rise to the occasion. But you bring up a really good point uh, that we have been stressing, um, that students are going to uh, need some social and emotional um, care, uh, self-care during this time period. Uh, you want to talk about the efforts that we're making as a district uh, moving forward. I know we recently uh, made a, a few hires in our department and what structures we have in place now to support our students with the social emotional learning. Absolutely. I think uh, what we look at PSJ, um, the face value we have, it's great academic achievement. We, we have a tradition of excellence, academic excellence, and, uh, and we recognize that. And in order to maintain that, in this world of COVID-19, we have to understand that um, the non-academic needs are perhaps equally as important as the academic uh, growth that we're preparing our students with. What I mean by that is uh, we all experience trauma differently. And the, the school board has uh, supported uh, you, Dr. Arredondo, the district in creating this, these social emotional learning uh, frameworks, these, these resources, allocating resources to support 
non-academic needs of our students and even challenged us to say non-academic needs of our staff. I mean, if we are a real educational institution and, and leaders in that, we have to be able to, to understand that even us as adults, we're coping with the stress in different ways. So we're, we're, we've been able to equip our team with uh, some licensed school psychologists, some uh, LPCs and some uh, wraparound services that uh, folks that would focus on understanding that the needs and the demands of our community are going to be different upon our return. Or if we stay in this virtual landscape, that the needs are going to be different. Uh, folks are going to to require or, or request different resources, uh, not just the technology device. We're talking about other essential needs that our families may have uh, as we go about this day-to-day -day business of uh, supporting our families. So the board has done a great job at supporting us with that. We have a framework. We have a, a training modules. Uh, Ms. Science, which is one of our, our lead uh, leaders in this uh, has created some phenomenal trainings for our families, for our, for our staff members, for our parents. So um, we're, we're in the right path to not only understand the academic needs, but the non-academic needs of our families. Excellent, Dr. Trevino. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. And on behalf of our entire uh, PSJ family, I want to thank you and the entire team for the time that you all have been spending on finalizing our plans. We know it has not been easy, but you all have been uh, working together. We have, I've pushed you all and you all have pushed back. And together we have been able to put together some very good plans for this fall semester. But as we wrap up this episode, do you have any special words uh, or that you would like to share with our PSJ family? Uh, just thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your support. Uh, thanks to all our teachers and staff, our administrators, this has been a challenge that we're all uh, having to bring our A game to, uh, unprecedented times. And, um, but I can assure you, I can assure everyone that's, that's able to, to, to hear us and watch us, I can assure everyone that our teams are doing everything they can to support us with the best resources that we could possibly provide our families with. I would even uh, add and, and conclude by saying this, to the level of detail of even looking at what happens after four o'clock? What happens after three o'clock on a day-to-day -day basis? How are our coaches gonna come in and provide extended learning opportunities for our kids? What happens when we go to recess? What happens when we go to music class? That's an elementary student. What happens when we go to dance? What All these things are still being considered to the level of detail that what happens if I'm going and I'm having to meet the teacher? Are we going to create the meet the teacher digital platforms to be able to introduce and create those relationships that are needed to have a good virtual class uh, in September, October. So every bit of detail is being considered and reviewed. And I just wanna thank all the staff members that are behind the scenes helping make this uh, work. Thank you, Dr. Trevino for joining me today. And to our viewers, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media and visit our website for the latest news. Parents, whether your family chooses to join us physically or virtually, Please know that our mission of educating our students continues as we transition to this new frontier in public education. And the health and safety of our students, teachers and staff continues to remain our top priority. Make sure to submit your preferred learning option by August the 1st at www.psjaisd.us forward slash options. Again, that's www.psjaisd.us dot us forward slash options thank you very much stay safe psj family